If you would, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 6 through 13, amen. Verses 6 through 13. And it reads, And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointing is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on his height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made Shammah to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keeping the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for he will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Lord, help me bring this word for you and your people. Thank you, Lord, for trusting me behind this sacred desk. Allow me to bring a word for your people. Allow me to bring it the way you want me to bring it. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Thank you all. You may be seated in the presence of God. I want to speak to you from the subject, the oil is already in you. The oil is already in you. I, I know I don't usually do this, but I feel like a Baptist preacher today. Can you just turn to your neighbor <laughs> and say, neighbor, the oil is already in you. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, 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 I know that made you feel good. At least you can turn to your neighbor today, amen? Don't how many times longer you can be turned to your neighbor with the days coming up. But right now, since your neighbor is in here, I want to go ahead and use your neighbor. Look, 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 the oil is already in you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. See, see, some of you all looking for people to, 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 to validate you and, and, and anoint you and lay hands on you and let you know how special you are. But the oil is already in you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to talk to you. I'm trying to talk to you for a minute. See, see, D David was now supposed to become king. So now uh, Samuel has come to the house to find the king. And I'm sure Jesse was very happy because he knows one of his sons is about to, about to become king. But they go through seven of the sons. And then they said, he had, Samuel said, I haven't found one. And now uh, he says, look here, do you got another one? And he said, yeah. But did you feel the subtle shade in the text? Yeah, there's one over here out there keeping the sheep. I don't really pay him no attention. I know you've been looked over for a long time, but one person who has not looked over you is God himself. God already knew what he purposed you to be before you was in your mother's womb. He already consecrated you. He already anointed you. He already gifted you. He had already formed the gifts in you before the bishop said you should have been a preacher. Oh, y'all don't hear me? Before you got your license and you could be the doctor. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying? 
But before, before you passed the bar and became an attorney, God had already consecrated you and gave you those gifts. The oil is already in you. I know you keep on thinking that Holy Spirit fall fresh on me. It's a great song, but it's not theologically correct. The Bible says that the anointing will flow up out of you like rivers of living water, which means it's already in you. Oh, I'm trying to talk to somebody for a minute. Look here. Look here. Now Saul, I mean, now David is qualified. And ain't it amazing that if you keep looking for somebody to say, Hercules, 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 you will never make it. Because they anointed David in the midst of his brethren. They didn't throw a party. They didn't say he going to be king. Samuel just went back to Ramah and they ain't say nothing. Send him back out there with the sheep. If you read the text, they send him right back in the field. Even though he was a king, even though he was anointed, can I talk to the people that's in the field? And, and you anointed, okay, oh, 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 I want to talk to somebody that's in the field and feel as though that you have not been validated. If you just listen to this story, to this narrative, I promise you, you're going to be delivered today. Look here, look here, look here, look here. What, what, what qualified David to serve was not his swag, was not that he was pretty, was not that he had skinny jeans or a suit and a tie. The spirit that was within him qualified him. He was anointed. Look, look at this, look at this, though. Look at this in verse 1 Samuel 16, 17, and 18. I'm in the King James on this one. And Saul said unto his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite that is cunning and playing and a mighty valiant man and a man of war and prudent in matters and calmly person and the Lord is with him and blase and blase and blase. Now his daddy and brother didn't even notice him. But can I tell you, somebody is watching you and you don't even know it. Some people already know you're anointed, but they have not called your name yet. And it's not that they hate on you. It just wasn't your time to be plugged in. Remember, God is like air traffic control. He knows when you need to take off. He knows when you need to land. He knows when they need to keep you in a holding pattern. Can I talk to the people that can see their blessing, but you're just in a holding pattern because your enemies are in the land and God doesn't want to land you right now. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody this morning. I don't know who it is, but it may be me. Saul employs David and even had David stay with him. He even made David one of his armor bearers from the field to the big house. In one day, brother still didn't, didn't, didn't validate him. Family still didn't fear. Can I tell you something? The last people that's going to accept you for what you're supposed to do is your family. Mm-hmm. They knew you when you had boogers in your nose. Yeah. They were right there with you when they had to change your diaper. Come on, somebody. They, they, they know your secretness that don't nobody else know. They, they know the mess in your life. So, so, so stop looking for your sisters and brothers to clap for you. A prophet is not without honor except in his own city. Can I tell you a secret? They didn't even accept Jesus. His own brothers and sisters called him crazy. You need to stop this foolish in there, Jesus. I know you turn water and wine, but whatever. I know you walked on the sea. I saw you. 
See, but look at this. Look at, I'm, I'm going to go to chapter 17, verse 15 uh, and, and 16 right now. It says, but David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep. So he still had his, 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 his chores to do. Even though he in the palace been anointed to be king, he still went and did the job that he wasn't released from. Ooh. Do y'all know I have, I have not applied for a job since 1997? I'm telling you, every job I got since 1997, somebody came to get me. Well, somebody sent my resume there. I'm telling you. Because when you are faithful to what God called you to do, somebody going to notice what you're doing, and they're going to pull you out anyway. Now, I'm not saying don't apply for a job, but I'm saying you should already have the job anyway because they saw how good you did down here. Some of y'all keep looking at the job up here that you want, but you're not doing the job down here well enough for somebody to want to pull you up to the next level. Do what you... Ah, y'all don't hear me. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to talk to you. And the Philistine drew near the morning even and presented himself for 40 days. Look here. Now Goliath is out there talking junk in verse 17. For 40 days, he's saying, yeah, I remember back in the day in, in, in high school, uh, elementary school, hopefully you went in high school doing this, bad as one hit my hand. That, that's what it was saying. Look here, I, I'm ready to fight you all. Whoever want to fight me, send the best soldier out here. If I kill him, you all serve us. If you kill me, we serve you. Nobody wanted to fight, not even Saul. For 40 days, this giant talked cash money. Some of y'all done filled in the blank. The way you laugh is so hard. Talking cash money. 40 days. Can't, come on, somebody. You can't talk to somebody like us for 40 minutes. For 40 seconds. In church. <laughs> With your robe on. <laughs> and your high heels. Come on, somebody. Somebody keep talking trash and you like that for 40 seconds. You, Lord, forgive me. 40 days, Goliath is talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. And nobody is fighting. What are they waiting on? They're waiting on David. Do you know when you're anointed and God has anointed you for a purpose, that your purpose will wait on you? Yeah, 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 I'm missing it. Yeah, I'm missing it. How, how, how that, how, I'm ringing, I'm ringing. How, how that man, the Saki say? The sockets, he said, the most interesting man in the world, he said, he was so bad that opportunity waited on him. Guess how bad you are? Oh, come on, somebody. You so bad, your opportunities wait on you. Because they're earmarked for you. You're missing it. David was still humble, though. Because if you look in uh, verse 17, his daddy said, look here, go take some, some cheeses and some crackers to your brothers, right? Go take them some milk and cookies. Take them some milk and cookies and, and feed them. And, it, and I'm sure David could have been like, man, I ain't taking this stuff out here. I ain't finna go take these cheeses. I'm anointed to be the king. And you talking about take them some milk and cookies. Get out of here. I'm the king. But if you really want to be promoted, you got to learn how to be humble. 
because the greatest of you must serve. You, you don't hear me. You missed it. Because now David, David is anointed to be king. His brothers didn't give him no credit. And now his daddy telling him to take some milk and cookies. Do you understand how humble David was? Do you understand that some of us despise humble beginnings and that's why we're not blessed? If you favor over a few things, he can make you ruler over many things. But the problem is you thought the little few things wasn't good enough for you. You didn't want to wash the tub. You didn't want to clean the toilet. But maybe that would have brought you in connection to one of your benefactors. The only reason David was in position is because he understood headship and continued to submit to his father, even though his father gave him something I'm sure he didn't want to do. Oh, I've been taking these milk and cookies. I'm out here killing lions and bears. They just don't know who I am. How many people are mad because people don't know who you are? Stop being mad. God knows who you are. It doesn't matter who knows who you are as long as God knows. In fact, you really don't want people to know who you are because there's some stuff in you that you don't want nobody to know. So it's kind of good they don't know who you are. Just worry about God knowing who you are and know that he will pick you up and plug you where you need to be when it's time. See, you keep getting caught up in chronological time and space and linear time and space, but God is interstellar. God is circular. God sees the present, the past, and the future all at the same time. God did with Cairo's time, and he doesn't care about how young and how old you are. He plugs you in when you reach that mature date, no matter how old or young you are. And he says, oh, he's ready. Let me bless him now. Oh, Some of you all are upset because you got salt and pepper hair. And somebody with black hair got the blessing. How you know they could have had Beijing anyway? Who knows? Might not even be they have. <laughs> but at the end of the day, God blesses you when you're ready. God loves you so much that he will not let fruit grow on your vine before it's time. That's how much he loves you. He don't bless you too early because if he blesses you too early, your character will destroy it. David went down here, took the milk and cookies, and saw what was going on. Look at this in verse 26 through 28 in Samuel 17, 1 Samuel 17. It says, and David spake to the men that stood by him and saying, you know what? I ain't going to read all this. He said, what's going to happen to the man that killed him? You know what I like about David? David knew he was going to kill Goliath. But he said, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let's get the payment right first. Oh, y'all missed that in the text. You mean, let me go ahead and read it to you. Verse 26, and David spake to the men and stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killed the Philistine and take away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? What I'm going to get, I'm going to kill him. Can I talk to some Christian people? Some of you all have gifts, but you are timid and scared to monetize your gifts. God said he came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. He said he want to make you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, the lender and not the borrower. How are you going to be the lender and not the borrower and you don't make any money? I know in that now some of y'all think you can cook, but if you really can cook and you keep making cakes for the neighborhood all the time for free, why don't you sell one or two? God gifted you so you can get paid. 
Yeah, get him, give him a sample slice. You, you feel me? Well, why don't you learn? David said, what's going to be given to the man that killed this uncircumcised Philistine? First of all, he knew he was going to win because he said this uncircumcised Philistine, which means he knew he wasn't a part of God's army. I'm going to destroy him. You got to understand in your cubicle life and in your job life, when people come against you that's not Christian, when people come against you that have no anointing in their life, that always trying to lie on you, you don't even need to worry about fighting them. Just say, look, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that's coming at me and defying the army of the living God. Don't you know I'm a soldier in God's army? David said, look here, look here, look here. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, 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 I'm going to kill him, but what's going to happen? And in verse 28, Eli's brother started saying, look here, uh, David, what, what, what you coming here to fight? You, you coming here to see the battle for? You ain't going to do nothing. Now, first of all, ain't it funny? Uh, Denzel Washington says it like this. He said, those who can do. Those who can't talk about those who can. All right? Giselle says, those who can do. Those who can't talk about those who can. So Eliab is sitting there and ain't fought nobody. Goliath calling everybody out. Nobody's fighting but Eliab talking about what you coming down here for. You ain't trying to do nothing but come up here and watch the battle. Why'd you do what? Get pumped out? You getting pumped. I know Ashton Kutcher out there somewhere. Somebody got a camera. You scared of Goliath. But you know what I like what David does? David, in verse 30, he just turns around. Hold on, man. Can I even talk? What's going to happen? Sometimes you got to let your haters talk to the hand. See, some of you all have too long of a discussion with your haters. If David would have kept talking to his brother, he would have missed his divine opportunity. Wait a minute, man, what you talking about? And going back and forth. I ain't going to keep going back and forth with you. Well, made me think about flies. The flies. You want to argue. You want to argue. ain't got time to argue with you. I'm happy. Well, I ain't gonna make money arguing with you. Tell your haters I'm gonna go plies on you. I ain't got time to argue with you. You don't have to let the white people know I know how to speak. I just argue. This is how Ply said it. <laughs> if David would have had an extreme conversation with Eliab, he would have missed his blessing. But instead, he just turned around and kept focusing on what God was calling him to do. That's why I said, look toward the hills of which cometh your help and stop looking at your enemies. Focus your eyes on the prize of God and keep pressing toward the mark of his holy call. I know, right? You got me. I know somebody felt me. See? But when you talk, you better be ready to back it up because they heard David talking and they brought him before the king. Now, if you go talking and can't walk it, you might want to, yeah, yeah, because God's going to put you in place to be able to fulfill what it is you're talking about. Well, you know what I'm saying? As a man or woman speaks, so is he or she. You know, whatever you get, you, you are satisfied by the fruit of your lips. The power of life and death is in the power of your tongue. Your tongue brings a fruition, whatever it is you speak it. Look here, look here. Look here, verse 32. It said, David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail. I'm, I'm going to go fight this Philistine. 
But Saul told David, you can't go against and fight this Philistine. He's been fighting since he was a little boy. Time out, time out. So I can't fight him as a, as a young man, as a little boy, because he's been fighting since he was a little boy. Now, apparently, if he's been fighting since he was a little boy, he won. Hold on, hold on. Apparently, if Goliath been fighting since he was a youth, he couldn't have lost because, you, know, they, they, you know, they ain't spar like we do. They ain't play fight. They fought to the death. So if he been fighting since a youth and he keep living, why are you telling me I can't? Isn't it amazing how we let the worldly folk make money and we act like we got to wait to a certain age? Huh? Well, 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 I'm not saying these people don't go to church, but how come Tiger Woods can make all this money as a, as a young man and, and, we, and we, we tell our kids, you too young? He went pro in his teens. What, 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 what? What, what are you telling me? Serena, they're making money, been making money for a while. Can, can I talk to somebody? Madonna, I don't know how old she is. She's been making money for a long time. Why is it that we continue to try to put age limitations? You got to be at least this old before you can make this. No, if you are anointed by God, the minute that you're mature enough to handle it, God will bless you if you're 12 years old. It doesn't matter how old you are. God, see, can I tell you that all of us are are, are, are infinity old because we were already in God's spirit. You were just released in this time and space. But before you was in your mother's womb, God already knew what time dimension he was going to let you out in, what era he was going to put you, what family he was going to plant you in. You are eternity old. It's just your chronological age. Come on, somebody. You know how you feel like you've been in deja vu before? It's because your spirit already saw it before it got here because it understands that it sees the past, the present, in the future at the same time because the Holy Ghost is in you. It already knows that you're going to be victorious. The problem is, do you know it? Your spirit know it, but did it catch up with your soul? That's why it said you will receive a hundredfold in this lifetime. It says, no, I wish above all things that you be prospered and in good health, even as your soul prospers, your mind, as your mind matures and able to catch up with your spirit and submit to your spirit and I'm getting too excited. Your spirit already knows what's going on. Your spirit already can feel what's about to happen. Even when I'm not slated to preach, I can feel when I'm about to preach. It's been time that I was going to do a comedy show, and I was like, man, I feel like I'm going to preach. I took my iPad just in case, but I kept getting ready for comedy. I got there, and the speaker didn't show up, and they asked me to do the sermon and do comedy. I said, I ain't going to do both. I preached. I threw a few jokes in there and asked for another check for the comedy too, but I was like, <laughs> but what I'm saying is your spirit already knows. Your spirit knows, but does your soul know? And David, it's not like David is confident, but soul is limited his ability. Stop letting people that ain't doing nothing limit you. You can't do that, but they don't have not one business. You can't open that coffee shop. They don't even drink coffee. They don't even like coffee. And you keep giving your dreams and talking to people that's not doing anything. Stop talking to people that aren't doing anything. 
It doesn't matter if they're successful in preaching, if they're successful in real estate, if they're successful in singing, if they're successful in cutting grass. As long as they're successful, you can talk to them, even if it does not relate to your business, because they know what it takes to be successful. But you keep talking to somebody that's been cutting the same yard for 20 years, talking about they got a landscaping business. One customer, they next door neighbor. And the only reason they couldn't they grab because they keep getting on their nerves. It's <laughs> a house I'm listening. This lady always run over this one because you cut the grass. Grass looked the same as they looked the last time you cut it. No, I'll get somebody else over there. <laughs> See, David said to Saul, don't worry, I can kill him. The same way I kill lions and bears is the same way I kill him. Stop despising where you are. Learn where you are. David could have been mad about keeping the sheep, and when the lion came, he could have just let the lion eat the sheep. He could have just let the bear eat the sheep, but he probably would have got eight too if he didn't kill them. So you got to understand, God will put you in places to be trained. See, you know why Elab, Eliab, and Abinadab and all them were, were scared to fight? Because they was out there play-play fighting. No, you remember like the karate? <laughs> you must attack me like this so I can show you how to block. <laughs> no, no, they're not play-play fighting. They don't have wood. They got wooden swords. They're not going to die when they spar. they in a simulator. They're not flying for real. David was in warfare. You getting mad because you're in your cubicle and people keep hating on you. You know why you're going through that? Because God is training you up where you are. He knows that he can't train you in the good plus all, but he need to train you out in the streets. He need to train you while you're down at the bottom. He need to train you when nobody else can see you. Remember when they used to develop film? They had to take it to the dark room and keep it dark and then bring it to the light. And if the light exposed the film too early, it would be messed up. And that's how it is with your life. God is keeping you in the dark room to to develop you. And he was training David with the lions and the bears, and he was killing with his bare hands. That's why that man was able to see, man, I know a man, he's so bad, and David was killing folk, and David was killing animals, and he didn't even think anybody ever saw him. Do you know sometimes you do some things and you think nobody saw you, but somebody understood that it was you that did it? Let, let me get out of here. I'm trying to... It's, it's, it's hot. David was ready for battle. David said, look here, I didn't kill the lion and the bear. I'm going to kill him. And then Saul said, go ahead and go. And David was bold enough. You know how sometimes you get opportunities and you've been waiting on it for the whole time and then when you get it, sometimes you're scared to move? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're afraid to move? Move anyway. See, some of us think that boldness is the absence of fear. No. Fear is there a lot of time, but you just got to press through it. Your faith keeps you pressing on even though the danger is right there. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know that his rod and his staff going to comfort you. Keep pressing. Saul gave David his armor. He put on the helmet of brass upon his head. And also he armed with the coat of mail. He gave him everything. Again, Stop trying to use what other folk use because apparently it didn't work for them. David got the armor, couldn't even walk. Lord have mercy, it was too heavy for David. Too heavy for David. 
And so he said, I can't, I can't wear this because I haven't used them before. And I'm sure they were like, girl, he going to die today. He can't even hold the armor. But going out there anyway. See, do you know that sometimes your, your divine moment wait on you because somebody else scared to do it? You know some blessings are there, but they're wrapped in such a peculiar way that nobody wants it but you. Oh, y'all don't hear me. You know how you got wrapping paper and they give it, sometimes you open the gift and you don't like it. And you got to get your face ready because they're looking at you. you like, ah. <laughs> well, the way God wraps gifts is this. The paper is always uglier than the gift. And what it's wrapped in doesn't look good. David's anointing, David's anointed moment was wrapped up in Goliath. Goliath stood at least nine feet, nine inches tall, according to the text. His spearhead weighed 20-some pounds. His armor weighed 125 pounds. Spear weighed a whole bunch of pounds. All this stuff, and then he had an armor bearer carrying his shield, but it was so heavy. Walking around with 125 pounds of armor on. Some of us only weigh 125, 150 he wearing a whole body on him. Nobody wanted to mess with Goliath. Nobody want to mess with something that God has called you to do and you can't be afraid to tap into it. Mm, it's wrapped up in some peculiar looking paper, but it's going to propel you into your destiny. David Took the sword off. Look here, man. I can't hold this. I can't deal with this traditional weaponry. See, young people respect your elders and listen to them, but you still got to make your own way. Elders, sometimes you, you, you got to teach the children so they can understand how to fight. But the thing about it is, that don't mean we got to fight the same way. Oh, y'all don't hear me. See, see, don't mistake regimentation for revelation. Hmm. It's funny. Don't, don't, don't mistake it. Don't mistake it. Don't mistake doing the rudiments. Don't mistake it for anointing. Don't mistake it. The mistake of a revelation. It's funny. Remember, we, 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 I got to the point and I wrote the little tithing thing from Deuteronomy, Hebrews and everything. And we started reading it all the time because the minister said they wanted something to read because it was hard for them to remember. And then one Sunday we didn't do it and somebody got mad and said, we just did this all the time before you even got here. You just started doing it because I wrote it. <laughs> mad at me for stopping to do something that I wrote. But it wasn't anointing some of the people. They just got used to it and it became a regimentation and not a revelation. They read it every day and didn't even understand what it meant. Just reading it because it was expected to be read. And when it wasn't read, they were upset because the anointing didn't flow. They was mad because we didn't go by the program. Some of our lives are messed up because we keep walking with this program in our hands. This bulletin. Some of y'all driving down the crazy. You're like, I'm going to at least make a two-page bulletin because they just getting on my nerves. Y'all ain't coming to church every week. <laughs> getting on down the nerves. 
I'm going I'm gonna make at least a two-page one, okay? Folk getting on my nerves. She ain't say that part, but I'm just saying it. But I know somebody had to be coming up because they wanted some paper in their hand because they always want this rudimentation. But it says the anointing will flow up out of you like rivers of living water. And you don't know how water will flow. It'll hit the speaker and go this way and go around it. You never, you are messing up the flow in your life because of your regimentation. You keep doing it the same way and it's not working. But you keep trying to do it the same way. No, no, third Sunday is usually this choir. I'm going crazy. Ah! <laughs> ah! God, I didn't make it. The devil is alive. It's third Sunday. And the other choir was singing today. Jesus, he's not in the building today. your regimentation because you're so predictable he know where to meet you at oh yeah 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 this Sunday gonna be this, this they know exactly he knows exactly when to make you mad because you're so predictable because you got this program mentality oh I wish I could just show the matrix right quick but Neo I want you to be free <laughs> Let me get out of here. Something wrong with me, Jesus. Look. <laughs> Look here. David, in verse 40, he wasn't scared. He went and grabbed five stones and said, I'm finna kill this. He went, he said, Look here. See, young folks, stop letting people tell you what to do. I, I, I don't wear skinny jeans, but that what you wear, that what you wear. It don't matter. I can just see David going out there with his skinny jeans on. He, his little t-shirt, everybody got on armor, he out there got a bag full of rocks. Now what is this boy finna do with five rocks? He gonna die. He went and got it. But whatever God has given you, use it. Because God has gifted you to fight in a way that he may not have gifted somebody else. Stop trying to be a cookie cutter Christian. Sometimes I sit here and I look at a sermon, look at a sermon at Walmart, and I'm like, man, oh my God, I don't think I'm a hoop today. Where I'm a hoop at? Oh Lord, and I'm gonna put it right here. Where it go? Oh, I don't think it's gonna be. And I hold myself hostage, trying to be traditional and hoop because Baptist folk hoop. If I hoop, I hoop. I don't. I don't. You feel me? Stop holding yourself hostage to tradition. Especially old preacher that sit up there and sing a hymn and can't sing. <laughs> sing every song in the same key. <laughs> Don't matter what it is. A, B, C, D, no, I'm in F. All the time. So, he said, look here. And, 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 and the funny thing about it, when the Goliath looked at David, he got offended 
How in the world are you going to send this little boy out here to fight me? You're going to send some sticks at me? How do you disrespect me? Do you know that you don't look like you can do what you can do? And that's your secret weapon. They underestimate you. Uh, let me get out of here. Then David said, I'm full of the spirit. David said, look at Look, Goliath told him he was going to cut his head off and do all this stuff and do all this. And you know what David said? He went back to old school. He said, I'm rubber and you're glue. Whatever you say to me, bounce off me and stick to you. <laughs> now, he didn't really say that, but he repeated exactly what the Philistine said to him. He said, David said, look here, you coming at me with sword and spear and with a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts and the God, the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give thy carcasses of the host of the Philistines to the fowl of the air and to the wild beast. I'm going to kill you, basically, that's what he said. And he took the rock and he slung it, and I believe he said something like this, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And when I actually did the text, just I began to say, why in the world did David grab five smooth stones if it's just one giant if he thought he was all that? But when I actually did the text, the text let me know that Goliath had four brothers. So David said, don't start none, won't be none. I kill you, I kill your mama, I kill your cousin, I kill your friend, I kill whoever come against me. He didn't grab five because he thought he was going to miss. He thought when he killed one of the brothers, the other four was going to come. He had already stunned his enemy. But when I kill him, his brothers might come. Let me grab four more. Because when I kill him, it seemed like the whole army over here is some punks. So if they start some, I'm going to end it. That's how confident he was. And you see, David didn't talk junk with his name. He said, you defy the armies of the living God. You coming against God. You got to understand and stop being arrogant and know that he who is... He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world, and he that lives in you is God. So when they come against you, they're coming against God. So you're not boasting on your ability. You're boasting because the God in you is offended. Who is an uncircumcised cubicle next door neighbor that keeps coming against the army of the living God? Who this person lying on the armies of the living God because the spirit of God is in me? And when you understand that you're the property of God and you were bought with a price. Oh, oh my God. Let somebody scratch your car. Let somebody scratch your Land Rover or your Lexus. You will lose your Christianity for a moment. Why? Because you paid a price for it. Ah. Let them scratch your Honda. It ain't even luxury. But you bought it with a price. Let's go. Let them scratch your trailer. Because <laughs> you bought it with a price. So how mad if you going to be? How mad will God be? When they come against his child that he made. 
the temple that he lives in. And you worried about your enemy. Greater is he who was in me than he was in the world. He said, how, if you can give your child a gift and when give them a stone or a snake, how much more would your, Holy, would your father give you of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit lives in you, and that's a part of God himself. So when the army, oh God, when the Philistines, when the, when the liars, when the naysayers, when the gospelers come against you, can I put the disclaimer in there? Oh God, sometimes even when you messed up, because you know God would get mad at the Israelites and put them in captivity and then get mad at the people that put them in captivity that he ordained to put them in captivity in the first place. Yeah. And that's why I look at God like, oh, let me read this again. Am I reading this right? Yeah. So God, you mad at them for doing what you told them to do. But I had to start shouting right there because I know God done used some enemies to attack me in some areas in my life that maybe they were fortified, but, but, but really I had messed up somewhere else. So God wanted to make sure that I understood that when I sin, I get chastised. But, but he still went at my enemies. I, I, I'm going to leave it alone. I'm talking too much. Telling too much of my business. It's 9 o'clock. Let's get out of here. And he killed. He killed him. And what's so amazing is this. Remember, David was the armor bearer for Saul, right? He was an armor bearer. He worked for Saul, remember? Saul liked him so much, but look in verse 55. It's 1 Samuel 17, 55 through 58. I'm going to read these for real in the King James Version. And then Saul saw David go forth against the Philistines. He said unto Abner, the captain of the host, Abner, whose son is this youth? Hold on, how you don't know who this is? And Abner said, as thy soul liveth, O king, I cannot tell. And the king said, Inquire thou whose son this stripling is. And as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him <coughs> sorry, and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine still in his hand. And Saul said to him, Whose son art thou, young man? And David answered, I'm the son of thy servant Jesse of Ethermite. Like, dude, don't you know? I work for you. I play the harp every time. You call me, I can't even go home. Only I went home because you was gone and I knew my daddy wanted me to do some work so I snuck out the past to go home and then he sent me to the battle. And he said, oh, that he just answered because you know you don't get small with the king back then but I'm sure he was like. But they like this dude playing the harp and he got a head in his hand. He was just playing. I, I thought he was kind of. I, I thought he was soft. He playing the heart for me, and but he got this giant man's head. He done cut off. Can, can you put the head down, David? Can you just put that away? <laughs> Sorry. This ain't a normal conversation. Me talking to you, you just got a head in your hand. <laughs> and I'm sure Abner was like, I can't tell. Like, I think it's David, but I don't want to say it, David, because I'm wrong. Saul might kill me. I think, I don't know. I can't tell. He didn't say, I didn't know. He said, I can't tell. That's what the text said. Do you know that when you're anointed, sometimes people don't even recognize you? Ain't that that same joker that be tripping all the time? Ain't that the same one that baked cakes? Now they snapping. 
they handling them heathens over there. Because your anointing is so powerful, it hides who you are. They were like David was playing the harp just this morning. He's sitting there with his skinny jeans on playing the harp. He ain't have no armor on. Do you know some of you all, I believe your anointing is just sitting there looking at you, waiting on you to take Saul's armor off, waiting on you to stop trying to be like T.D. Jakes, waiting on you to stop trying to be like Joyce Myers, waiting on you to stop trying to be like Michael Jordan, waiting on you to stop trying to be like Kobe Bryant, waiting on you to stop trying to be like Martha Stewart, waiting on you to be yourself. The reason why David was able to kill the Philistine, he allowed God to use him with his gifts. Can you imagine? These people got all these swords, all this armor. And here go David with five rocks. Five rocks, five smooth stones to fight a nine-foot, nine-inch giant. Taller than Shaq. Huge who armor probably weighed more than David. But they let him go out there because they were scared. Your anointing would take you places other people can't go. But you can't be afraid to go there. Your anointing would take you to places no man has ever been before. Your anointing like Star Trek. You Captain Kirk. You will go where no man or woman has ever gone before. That's why he said he'll make you lay down in green pastures. Pastures aren't green if somebody been walking on them. He'll take you to new territories, but you can't be scared to go there. I'm going to stop right here. I was trying to make myself hoot, but I ain't going to get caught up in tradition. I screamed and hollered enough. I was going to close it. Mm -mm. The tradition won't me. It won't me. I, no, son. <laughs> I'm halfway serious, though. There is an anointing in you that is cut and contoured for you. You just have to be yourself. Be true to who you are and stop trying to be somebody else because the anointing, the oil is already in you. The oil is in you. The anointing is in you already. You don't have to go to school. Also, you need to go to show yourself and prove that you can go, but you don't need it. It's already in you. David didn't need to be anointed before everybody because God had already chose David before Samuel got there. Samuel didn't even know who he was looking for. Or he would have said, bring me David. He called seven of his sons before him. And now they said, hold on, is it another one? Because I know I heard God. Yeah, it's one more, but he keeping the sheep. Maybe you're keeping the sheep. Maybe you're doing a job you feel like is not important. But little do you know, God is using that job to train you for what he wants you to do. Because he was killing lions and bears while keeping the sheep, doing something nobody else wanted to do. It prepared him for the battle he had with Goliath. Because come on, somebody, I know it's a giant, but if you kill a lion, a bear, some wolves that's not even human, a giant human not going to scare you. 
Do you know sometimes your training is more rigorous than your victory going to be? Because he got to prepare you to make sure that he builds your character to sustain you where he's about to put you. Do not despise small beginnings. Do not despise small beginnings. And understand this. The anointing is already in you. The oil is already in you. I just want you to repeat after me to yourself. Just tell yourself, the oil is already in me. And see, the oil represents the anointing. The oil is already there. And what God is doing now in your life is breaking you so he can get the anointing out. Because the anointing is there, but until they broke the alabaster box, the gift didn't come out. And when God is crushing you and breaking you like a coal that's about to become a diamond, He's squeezing you like an olive to get the oil out of your life. The oil is already in the olive. It just has to be pressed. The oil, the oil is already in you. But the pressing is going to bring that oil out. The anointing will flow up out of you like rivers of living water. I'm believing that for your life right now. I'm believing that in this pressing season, in this pandemic season, in this season of pressure, God is going to squeeze until the anointing flows up out of you and not let it flowing like a stream, not, not like a pond or a lake, but he said, up out of you like rivers, plural, of living waters. It's about to gush out of you. And God is about to use you to do mighty exploits in his name. But if you want to do mighty exploits in his name, you have to come under his name. 